A date which will live in infamy. Both of those projects, initiatives, got off the ground because of the Gare out of the 24 who were killed were Americans who had come to learn in Kevin. I say one million Jewish children who were made to be cut in Whoever heard such beautiful words, It is never too little, it is never too late, and it is never enough. Jewish History Soundbites, bringing alive the world of our glorious past. Here is our host, live from Jerusalem, Jewish historian and tour guide, Yehuda Geberer. History Soundbites. This is Yudi Geber with another episode of Jewish History Soundbites, and this is the third episode of the Dafyomi Siem Hashas mini series. And this episode has also been generously sponsored by MediQuipped, there to provide you or your loved one with a custom motorized wheelchair at home or at a facility that is completely covered by insurance. Call 845-237-2381 or email info at medequipped.com. Tell them that Yehuda from Jewish History Soundbite sent you and you can therefore help help the support and support the great work of Jewish History Soundbites. And having said that, you can also submit names in memory of a loved one or a fuashalema or businesses for sponsorships. Email me at ygebss at gmail.com for details. And we go right into the third part of our story here. And for some, this may be the most exciting part. This is the history of the Siyam Hashas. So we got the Dafiyami founded. The first episode we covered who were the early founders of it, the pre-Rameir Shapiro. The second uh, one that we just did the other day was... Rameir Shapiro himself, who was he, how did he come to found it, what was it like, and now, how do we celebrate it? Now it's happening, now it's a movement, and how is it celebrated? And that that is uh, perhaps um, the most relevant today, when we, we go out and the Siyam Hashah celebration is a cause for major celebration across the Jewish world. So I'm going to start off with a story. Um, about what it means to finish Shas as part of the Daf Yoimi. A very uh, powerful story. Uh, uh, I love hearing it and saying it over. Rabbi Yoyne Merzbach was a German Yekish rabbi. He was the rabbi of, of a town called Darmstadt, Darmstadt, however you pronounce these German towns. And he escaped um, from Nazi Germany in 1939 moved to Bayit Vagan in Yerushalayim and became one of the Rosh Yeshiva of the Kaltaira Yeshiva in Bayit Vagan, which was founded by German Jews, by Yaquis. And he 
finished Shas uh, with the Dafyaimi from its inception. He was 23 years old. He was almost a rabbi. He became a rabbi in 1925, two years later. So he was already quite a Talmud Chacham. And he started the Dafyaimi when it commenced, uh, when Rameir Shapiro announced it at the Knesset Gedayel of Gudis Yisrael. And when the when it started spreading around, uh, mentioned already that that was also due to the Gera Rebbe's influence, and it reaches Germany as well. And and he starts to learn it, and he learns it till till he dies. So uh, in the in 1975, when the seventh Siem Hashas was celebrated, he finished his seventh time, and he said to the people around him that he's finished Shas seven times with the Dafyoimi. And listen to this. He said, And I never learned one Daf late, and I never learned a single Daf early. Every single Daf. For seven full cycles, I learned on the exact day that it was supposed to be learned. That's a story that could blow your mind. And and it blew my mind so much that I misinterpreted it. And I said, and the first few times that I said over the story, I said, look at that. There's two ways to learn the Dafyaimi. There's one way to learn the Dafyaimi that I have a goal to finish us. I have a goal to get to the Siyam Hashas. And I want to celebrate the Siyam Hashas. I want to be participate in the Siyam Hashas together with everyone. And the, and that's one way to do the dafyaimi. There's another way to do the dafyaimi is that my goal is to study a daf gemara, a blot of gemara every single day, and that's that's the goal. And therefore, the goal isn't so much the siyum hashas, but rather it is to study a page of gemara every single day that I live. And clearly, Rabbi Yenu Merzbach uh, felt the, the second way, and he, of course, got to the CM each time. But um, but it was the the goal was to learn it every day. And after a few times of saying it over that way, someone came over to me, an elderly Yakish Jew, and he said, "You studied in the yeshivas of the the Musar yeshivas. You were in the Mir, and you were influenced by the whole uh, Musar way of looking at things, and therefore you're." looking at it as that it's not the goal to get to the Siyam Hashas at the end, and therefore it doesn't have to be on that exact day. You can make up a couple of lot here and there, but rather it's the it's the goal of studying Adaf Gemara every single day, like a consistency, like a Balmusser. You should be at the workbench every day and never miss a day. That's how you're looking at it. That's that's not the way Rabbi Yerna Merzbach looked at it. He was a yaki. You were supposed to learn the daf that day. You learned the daf that day. It was just simple and straight. There's nothing to it. That's what it was, and that's what it's about. And and that's and that's why he also never learned it early, right? If he was with Balmusser type, then he might have gotten a few days ahead of the daf, right? And he could have he could have gotten just to be safe, just to be sure. But um, but you know the the thing was that there's a daf every day, and then you get to eventually to the siyum hashas. So actually this year, um, on a personal note, I'm going to be privileged to be celebrating the siyum hashas in Lublin itself. It's my first time doing that, and only in 2005 at the 11th siyum hashas was it did it become something to go back to the yeshivas Chachmei Lublin where the first siyum hashas took place. 
presided over by Reb Meir Shapiro himself, as well as the second Siyam Hashas that took place there in the yeshiva without Reb Meir Shapiro present. He had already passed on, but the main event was still in Yeshiva Shachmei and then it left Yeshiva Shachmei for many years. And in 2005, there was a group that went back, so it's becoming more popular. So I am humbled and privileged that a group of uh, very, very special Jews who uh, were part of a chabura, part of a shul, that together they finished the shas, and they wanted to make it special by being in Rameir Shapiro's place in the yeshiva. So we're going to have a group there, going to be... Uh, be participating in the CM and that that's making it all the more exciting and all the more uh, historic um, at this point also. So that's going to be very nice that we're going to be able to do together. And uh, maybe I'll be able to report on it a little bit uh, afterwards. So if we go through the spread of the movement in its early years, so the Kinesia uh, Gadayla, the Godis Israel is the venue for it, Ramir Shapiro, who's very closely identified with the Agudas Yisrael movement, being that he's the president of Agudas Yisrael in Poland, being that he's on the Mayetzes G'dayle Hatayr, being that he's, the, for a period of time, the Agudas Yisrael representative to the Polish parliament. So the movement comes to be, the Dafyemi movement comes to be almost synonymous with the Agudas Yisrael, and to a certain extent it is till today. Um, the Agudas Yisrael of America organizes the uh, main uh, um, uh, a, a celebration in bigger and bigger places each time, and and um, and that's what it was then, and that caused actually the some to oppose the Dafyaimi. Believe it or not, Rabbi Shapiro had wanted the Dafyaimi to be above politics and to be a great unifier and bring the Jewish people together through the study of Taira, through the study of Shas. But since it was identified with Agudas Yisrael, so there were those who, especially in Hungary, and to a certain extent even in his own home home ground of Galicia, but especially a lot of the Hungarian rebbes and tzaddikim and rabbis, they were opposed to Agudas Yisrael. So anything that had to do with the Aguda, they were against. And they would make sure that their Hasidim did not learn Dafyaimi. Because if you're a Dafyaimi, then you're an Agudist. And we're against anything with the Aguda. So it was an interesting, uh, in the pre-war era, in the factionalism that was so pervasive in European Jewry, unfortunately, uh, they, there was there was a element of opposition to learning Dafyaimi. There's an opposition on the other side of Eastern Europe, in Chabad also, for other reasons, and um, also persisted even in the post-war era. So there was, there was this um, p- politicization to a certain extent of the daf, which is something that Romero Shapiro never wanted, but he was more successful in America, at least in the early years, because in the United States there was no aguda yet when the 1930s, and he he sold it not as an aguda uh, uh, um, idea, but as a Jewish people idea, they, as a as a uh, as a thing that everyone should join, and in fact in the um, fourth or fifth Siyam um, Hashas of Agudas Yisrael, the main venue was in, in the fourth one, fourth Siyam Hashas, uh, I'm sorry, the fourth Siyam Hashas of the Daf Yoyimi, not of Agudas Yisrael, the fourth Siyam Hashas of the Daf Yoyimi, the event 
in New York City was in the Young Israel of Borough Park. So Young Israel definitely is not affiliated with Agudas Yisrael. It never was. And and uh, that was the main uh, central event. And it was only by the fifth Siyam Hashas uh, in 1960 that the American event was of the Tzi'ire Agudas Yisrael, the Young, which is not exactly Agudas Yisrael either, but um, where Baron Cutler spoke, and uh, and uh, and and then it came to be uh, a very a much Agudas Yisrael uh, um, event in the United States as well. And it, another interesting aspect of the Siyam Hashas was the where the central event was. And today we know the central event is in MetLife uh, Stadium in New York, where there's loads of people. And then there's smaller ones everywhere else in the world. So if we go back, so first of all, the idea that there should be so many people coming together and there being a central event altogether wasn't uh, taken for granted in the early years. In other words, it, it was an idea that developed over time through the history of the Siyamashas, through the development and the spread of the Dafyaimi, that the idea developed that we should make a major central event. In the first Siyam Ashas, when Romer Shapiro himself was still alive, he made a Siyam in Lublin, but it wasn't, um, I mean, you could call it the central event, but it wasn't like uh, the 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 one and only. There was a Siyam in Warsaw, there was a Siyam in Lodz, there was a, a smaller Siyam in, in Yerushalayim, in other places in Europe. Um, there was a couple of thousand people who came to Lublin to be with the founder, to be in his headquarters in Yeshiva's Hachmelin, which had just opened. So it was also connected to the opening of the Yeshiva. It was recently after it opened. And therefore the same thing happened by the second Siyam HaShas. Mayor Shapiro had already uh, died a few years earlier, about four or five years earlier. And um, they made they dedicated a Sefer Torah. They made Achanas a Sefer Torah in memory of Rameir Shapiro, so they had the central event of the Siyam Ashas with the several thousand people in the Yeshivas Chachmei Lublin and some of the greatest uh, um, leaders of Polish Jewry, Rabbi Nachem Zemba, the Biana Rebbe of Krakow, uh, the Sochachava Rebbe, and several others. They came to Yeshivas Chachmei Lublin um, to celebrate it. But again, there was all over all over Europe, there was all over Eastern Europe, all over Poland, there was Siyumim. And that, so the first two, we could say that the main event was in Poland and perhaps even in Lublin uh, itself. That's as far as the first two. The third one was perhaps the most uh, powerful in, of the Siyum Hashas in history because there was almost no Siyum. The third one took place at the end of 1945, when almost every single one of the Masaimim no, was no longer alive. Potential uh, Masaimim was no longer alive. The participants of the Siyam Ashas, which for the most part were still in Polish Jewry, in that part of the world, Lithuanian Jewry, uh, were gone. And therefore, there was almost no one to make a Siyam. There was a small one, in in uh, in Israel, which is then still you know Eretz Yisrael, Palestine, a small one in Tel Aviv. Um, there was a even smaller one in the DP camps. But incredibly enough, a group of survivors in the displaced persons camps, they got together and tried to make a Siam Hashas of the Dafyaimi. They remembered the Dafyaimi. They wanted to reconnect, and as uh, uh, a a low point in the 
scope of the CMSS, but in another way, uh, one of the more powerful ones. So then we move ahead to the next, uh, to the post-war era. And today, um, it's associated with America, with the United States. And the truth of the matter is, is that only now is it evening out, because the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th CMSSs, that's five of them, were the main event was in Israel, and a much smaller event took place in America. And it was only from the ninth Siyam HaShasin on that the main event was, that, it, that, that it, the tables were turned, that the main event was in America, as far as size and, and scope and, and massive venues are concerned, if that's the barometer of, uh, of, the, of the event size. So then, uh, so then, then, then the, the first five, the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, sorry, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, I don't know how to count, uh, were in, the main ones were in Israel. And from the ninth one on, it became a very American, uh, uh, major event. And, um, and like I said, the fourth Siyam Ashas was in, um, in, incredibly enough, the, Fourth and fifth ones, the main event was in Kikr Shabbos, in Me'esha'arim Geula, in Yerushalayim. Uh, thousands of people came outside and blocked off Kikr Shabbos, and that's where the, the, uh, the, the event was, also in Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv remained pretty much till today, from, from the post-war until today, the main event is in Tel Aviv, simply because the biggest uh, arenas and sporting complexes are there, and Yad Eliyahu has been the the uh, major uh, venue the past several times, and uh, and has the most seats. So there's ten thousand there, and then another ten thousand Yerushalayim. So the main events were in Israel during the the those those Siyam Hashases in those times. Just to give an idea of what we're talking about um, at that time. So the the um, sixth Siyam Hashas was um was t- took place in uh like I said in Yerushalayim and Binyani Huma was already built the six Yom is in 1968 and and also in Tel Aviv and also Benebrak another one what made it unique in the Tel Aviv event was that you had a certain display of unity that uh that made made the event very special because they had uh, some choirs uh, singing at the Siyam Hashas, and the choir, the different choirs were, some were Hasidish, and not only Hasidish, but Ger, which is understandable, but also Chabad. Chabad, who officially their stance was, uh, was not supportive of the Daf Yoyimi and the Siyam Hashas, but their choir sang at the main Siyam Hashas event. Not only that, but there was a Sephardi Boys Choir, 1968. There was a Sephardi Boys Choir that was in the main event of the Siyam Hashas in, uh, in Tel Aviv at the time. So there was a very nice display of unity. And in America, 1968, the largest uh, Siyam Hashas get-together was at the Beis Yaakov of Borough Park with a whopping total of 300 people. Why is it important to emphasize that number? Because we have to appreciate the growth and and. And to think that in 1968, which is already over 20 years after the war, in America, the largest gathering of the Siyam Hashas was 300 people in a Beis Yaakov, in Borough Park. That's, uh, that's an incredible growth that we uh, are witness to. 
Um, another another venue in nineteen six at the 60th Mashas was in Chicago, and a friend of mine who is involved in research discovered an an article describing the Siyam Hashas in Chicago. Now, since in the Jewish History Soundbites, in the introduction, the audio uh, intro to every episode, we have the Rashiv of the Mirzatzal, Reb Nassim Finkel, speaking at the 11th Siyam Hashas. Siyam Hashas. The 11th Siyam Hashas was unique in many ways. One of them because, like I said, there was the first time that a group went back to Yeshiva's Chach Meublin, but another reason was because they had an English-speaking Siyam Hashas in Yerushalayim, which was uh, reflective of the amount of uh, English-speaking immigrants there were to Israel at this time, and they invited all the English-speaking Torah leaders, different Rebbes, the Boston Rebbe, the Pittsburgh Rebbe, the Kalava Rebbe, and the different Russia Yeshiva of Chaim Pesach Scheinberg, and the Rashiva of the Mir Nassi Finkel, and others, they all spoke, and this was an English-speaking event, in Yerushalayim. So the Rashiva the Mir spoke then, and he said the immortal words then that appears in the intro to every Jewish History Soundbites podcast of the sweetest words of Hadron Alecha Talmud Bavli. Well, many years before that, almost a half a century before that, almost 40 years, excuse me, before that, there appeared this article, and I'm going to depart from uh, from regular uh, uh uh, what I normally do in these in these uh, podcasts, and I'm actually going to quote and read off from the article itself. So here it is. It's in a Jewish newspaper from the Midwest, and it says as follows: A Goodis Yisrael annual Malava Malka held in conjunction with the Daf Yomi. A Goodis of Chicago will hold its third annual Malava Malka at 8 p.m. on Saturday, February 3rd at the Adas Bnei Yisrael, 3535 West Foster. Rabbi Elia Meir Finkel, president of Agudas Yisrael, is chairman of the event. Rabbi Rucham Gorelik, Rashiva of Yeshiva Zuchar Meisha, and Rosh Hashiva at Rabbi, at Rabbi Isaac Elchanan Theological Seminary of Bronx, New York, will be the featured speaker. Rabbi Chaim Dave Keller, Rosh Hashiva of Tel's Yeshiva Chicago branch, will deliver an address. Rabbi Yaakov Perla Rashiva at the Hebrew Theological College will serve as Toastmaster. And Rabbi Yosef Heisler, director of Agudis Israel Youth Groups, will report on the youth activities. This year's affair is being held in conjunction with the sixth Siyam of Dafyaimi, a project of the world Agudis Yisrael, and was conceived by the world-renowned Lublina Rav, Rav Meir Shapiro, in 1923. The purpose of Dafyaimi is to unite Jews the world over by learning the same portion of the Talmud every day. The completion of Shas takes seven years under this plan, and is now at the end of its sixth cycle. This historic event is being celebrated by Torah Jewry the world over. The Rabbi Elia Meir Finkel mentioned in the article who's chairing the event is the one and only father of the Rosh Hashiva of the Mir. So the Dafyaimi connection for the Rosh Hashiva of the Mir starts uh, already back there. And uh, interesting that he hosted that event. And... Um, and uh, he came to speak at the 11th Siyam Hashas. So that's how it goes on uh, until the 7th Siyam Hashas. In 1975, another monumental event took place. The Blue Jiver Rebbe, Rabbi Yisrael Spiro, who was a Holocaust survivor, who went through everything during his six years under Nazi occupation, he was in Poland, Lvov, and he went through it all, lost it all, and he is a member of the Meyetzis Gedele HaToyra, 
and he lobbies the Mayatzis Gedele Tervagadis Yisrael for many years to make the Siyam Hashas, to dedicate the Siyam Hashas in memory of the six million Jews murdered by the Nazis during the final solution. And uh, and many of the members of the Mietzis Gedele Torah who were not Holocaust survivors were reluctant, uh, making it a a memorial, a Holocaust memorial. Siyam Hashas is a celebration of the Siyam, of the Dafyami, of Torah. And, and why are we mixing the Holocaust in? And he was persistent. And he finally was able and successful at convincing them. And the seventh Siyam Hashas, the decision of Mietzis Gedele Torah, because of the single efforts of the Blues of Rebbe, they dedicated the Siyam Hashas in memory of the six million Jews who were murdered by the Nazis, and that's how it remains till today. And there's a Kel Mole that is said, and I remember the one and only Siyam Hashas that I was privileged to attend as a child in 1997, the 10th Siyam Hashas in Madison Square Garden, so we heard um, David Werdiger, uh, Cantor, uh, father of MBD, he said the Kelmole, the same exact, and he's a survivor, and he said that he was a survivor, and he said he sang the Kelmole Rachamim for the six million, he sang it in the same exact tune that he was forced to sing it in the plush of concentration camp to the commandant of the camp, the infamous commandant of the camp, Eamon Goth. So that was a very powerful moment, and there's a Kaddish, and some of the speakers speak about it till today, and and, the, and it's an important to know that there's a, the Holocaust Memorial of the Torah Jewry is the Siyam Hashas, one of them anyway, and, uh, and uh, the importance of the fact that it is a Holocaust Memorial, and in memory of those who were killed, started with the Blue Shavarab at the 7th Siyam Hashas. We move along to the 9th Siyam Hashas, and well, first we'll go to the 8th. The 8th, 7th and the 8th Siyam Hashas the main event in New York City drew five, approximately 5,000 participants. It means there's not a major growth from the 7th to the 8th, at least in its central venue. And here we have the ambitious and incredible vision of Ramesha Sherer, which uh, anything that the CMHS is today, the size, the scope, the magnitude, the awesomeness of it, is pretty much directly attributed to him. He, his vision and his idea of creating that the Siyam Hashash should be something major, should be wow, should be something unforgettable, is because of Ramesh Sharer. And he said, enough with these little Siyumim. We're going to make a Siyam that no one's going to ever forget. Next time we're taking out Madison Square Garden. And everyone at Agudis Yisrael said to him, you're crazy, Rabbi. Don't do it. You're never going to fill it. Agudis Yisrael, which is not exactly the richest organization in the world, is going to lose tons of money because then these, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden is not going to give you a refund on your deposit. He says, no, we're going to fill every single seat. And he did. So 1990, the whole world changes. Now New York becomes the center of the Siyam Hashas celebration because of Ramesha Sher, 20,000 people in Madison Square Garden. And that, uh, and the rest is history. In 1997, they do it again into the garden, and it just grows and grows and grows. The numbers are out of control. They start renting out more venues, and then the uh, the uh, by the time the 12th one comes around, they have to take an outdoor stadium in MetLife, which is what apparently they're doing this time as well. The 10th and 11th Siyamashas in Eretz Yisrael, they still had one. You know, they still had the pretty big ones in Israel was uh, the main speaker by both the 10th and the 11th 
was Rav Shmuel Vazner. Rav Shmuel Vazner was a student of Yeshiva's Chachmei Lublin, and he had attended the second Siyam Hashas in Yeshiva's Chachmei Lublin. And here he is speaking at the 10th and 11th Siyam Hashas in Tel Aviv, and talking about his memories of the second Siyam Hashas in um, in, uh, in 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 Lublin, which is also very powerful to hear, and I remember hearing it uh, live on the radio. I wasn't there, but um, but hearing him uh, talk about that. So that's a little bit of an overview of the Siyam Hashas's throughout history. Of course, there's a lot more to say, but we'll leave it at that. So enjoy the Siyam Hashas and uh, celebrate wherever uh, wherever you may be. This was Yehuda Geber with Jewish History Soundbites. This episode has been generously sponsored by, by, by MedEquipped, there to provide you or your loved one with a custom motorized wheelchair at home or at a facility that is completely covered by insurance. Call 845-237-2381 or email info at MedEquipped.com. Tell them that Yehuda sent you and help support the great work of Jewish History Soundbites. You can reach me at uh, ygebss at gmail.com for questions, comments, sources, tours and trips and sponsorships. You can subscribe to Jewish History Soundbites on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at JSoundbites, and I hope you enjoyed.